Welcome to Mental Health Success Stories with John Troutman. Here we provide a space for authentic conversations about real world mental health challenges. We discuss mental health solutions with national industry leaders. We aim to reduce stigma and increase awareness around mental health issues. We will inspire you to take action and improve your own mental health. We will share and promote realistic mental health solutions that anyone can implement. This podcast is provided to you for information purposes only to encourage a broad public understanding of various mental health topics. The podcast may represent the views and opinions of the author, host, and or guests, and not necessarily the views and opinions of Pyramid Healthcare. Information contained in this podcast should not be relied upon as medical advice or as a substitute for medical advice. This podcast does not establish any doctor-patient relationship and is not a substitute for individual clinical judgment. If you need medical advice or you are experiencing a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. And now here is our host of Mental Health Success Stories, John Troutman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. And we've got another excellent guest here for us today. Uh, talking about mental health, talking about those challenges and not just the challenge itself, because we all have mental health challenges about overcoming those challenges and hearing that success story. So I have the one and only Mr. Ed Legande, Executive Vice President at Nielsen Benefits Group. Most of you know him here on LinkedIn. Of course, if you're a follower on LinkedIn, you see Ed all over the place. Uh, excellent speaker. Uh, he's at Westlake Village there in California. And Ed, thank you for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. And any day I get to talk to you, John, is, is a great day. So I appreciate that's, being here. That, that's awesome. And, you know, I could go on and read a bio about Ed, but he does such an amazing job. I get so encouraged and, and even inspired by all the things that you're doing. It's great to see you speak and to, you know, to be a very small part of of all the things you're doing. Uh, I'm just a very grateful individual knowing I can, I can look to you, not just as a strategic partner, but also friend. So it means a lot uh, that you're willing to take time out of your very busy schedule to talk about mental health and talk about challenges. It, it means a lot, Ed, thank you. Absolutely, I'm just happy to be here. It's important. Yeah, so, so, yeah. yeah uh, it means a lot. So uh, for those who may be watching or those who may be listening, you know, again, this is during the fourth quarter when this is going to be live. So they're they're very busy. Help them understand a little bit about Ed from a professional standpoint. What are some things that you're working on? What are some things that are right you know, down the road on the horizon for you right now? Absolutely. So <clears throat> I've been in this business uh, you know, 13 years now, and um, just as much as the definition of employee benefits has expanded, I'd say my passion has uh, as well. You know, you know, I'm I'm a big believer that employee benefits isn't just about insurance anymore, it's about the benefit of being an employee. And so I've been really hyper-focused, my team and I, on, on working with the people departments, HR departments, and of course, a C-suite of organizations to help drive a better people experience, a better employee experience. And of course, using insurance is one of those drivers, but um, again, bringing in mental health solutions, bringing in family planning, um, you know, lifestyle benefits to help employees or at least have, have that employer become an employer of choice. 
And that's what makes it a lot of fun for me. Um, you know, it's hard, uh, especially you mentioned fourth quarter. Uh, it's a it's 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 our busiest time of year due to having most of our clients renewing around the same time. But it all it's also really rewarding at the same time too. So uh, no complaints from my end. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, the first time we met was out in Carlsbad at Benefits Pro, and uh, you rock, you walked off stage with the belt of uh, Advisor of the Year, Broker of the Year. That was that was awesome. Congratulations. And you know, one of the things I just got from you early on getting to know you was you are a people over everything person. And uh, it just so impressed me. And I just, you know, after 52 trips around the sun, I want to be very careful who I invest a lot of my days and times with, but just really appreciate how that just resonates with you. Um, what are some other things on a, on a personal level that maybe our audience doesn't know? Maybe their hobbies or interests, or maybe there's some things you'd like you know, to share about perhaps your family. Uh, let us see that personal side of Ed, if you will. Sure. I think I've learned a, a similar lesson uh, from a people over everything, but also, you know, someone told me this a long time ago, the older you get, the, the, sh the, the smaller your circle is, but it's not a bad thing. And I've noticed that. And it's, it's honestly been, it's been rewarding. It's been encouraging. Uh, and, you know, you just, you have the same amount of, of hours in the day as everyone else here, you know, on earth. And you want to make sure that uh, you're spending it with the people that, that help bring the best version of yourself um, you know, available to people and you want to do the same for them as well. And so, you know, relationships are always a two-way street. So that's, that's essentially why I go down that path. Um, you know, outside of that, I've just been, you know, hyper-focused lately too, on trying to find that work-life balance and <clears throat> I'm, I'm hyper-focused on my business and, and, and getting to, you know, the goals in, in place that I have there. But, you know, my wife and I, you know, we, we want to enjoy our lives too. You know, you don't, you don't know what tomorrow brings. Um, we've got two amazing kids um, and I, I'm married with, with two kids and they definitely get their good looks for my wife. And I definitely punched above my weight class there. So I'm going to keep trying my best to, to make sure she's happy. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I've become a, a huge more formula one fan, actually. Oh, wow. I got into that show drive to survive on Netflix. And, and ever since then, over the last four or five years, I've just been, uh, big into formula one. I love the travel. My wife and I love wine tasting, um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I would say from a personal perspective, so those are some of the things that I love doing. I grew up playing soccer. So did my wife, uh, but neither one of us play anymore. We, uh, our bodies, uh, no, thank you. So, uh, uh we're, we're pretty much done in that arena. So now we get to cheer our son from the sidelines, which is fun. So, oh, that's excellent. And, and the ages again, of the little ones, yeah. My my son is seven, and uh, my daughter's four and a half, and she's the ringleader of the house. That's for sure. <laughs> that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, I can remember those days uh, chasing my kids down the sideline of the soccer field, and yeah. and like you, I retired my jersey. But uh, and I've always told myself that I wouldn't be that parent that's screaming from the sidelines, but I became that parent. Uh, but but all positive, all positive stuff. So, <laughs> well, and for those who are not watching today, but who are listening today, don't let Ed kid you. He is a workout machine in the gym. I've seen it firsthand and shared that time with him. Um, so that, that's great uh, to share that uh, interest as well. And again, getting up early in the morning, having those routines uh, can go a long way. Good for you for investing in your kids. I've I've never met someone that looks back and say, you know what, I spent too much time with my kids. Um, so good for you. That's that's great. Yeah, that's something that, you know, um, it gives me the passion at work when I know that I can be a strong husband and a strong father, because to me, that's that's my foundation. That's my why. Um, if I'm not there for them, then 
work is just a means to an end anymore, right? So um, yeah, I gotta be there for them. I want them to remember uh, the times we've had together, so. That's excellent. And, you know, those things can also have some stresses too, right? With family and you talked about work-life balance and uh, you talked about your passions too, about wine tasting and Formula One. Hopefully, by the way, you're not combining, you know, wine tasting and Formula One behind the wheel, but <laughs> I, I know you're not, I know you're not, but, um, you know, oftentimes we talk about mental health and, and to an individual, one of the challenges, they think they need to be given some uh, medical term to go use an EAP or use a mental health solution or talk to somebody about a challenge. And that really isn't the case, is it? We can, we all have mental health challenges because life can be challenging, right? So I really appreciate you being here and talking about whatever challenge you wanna share with the audience here today. What's that mental health challenge that you've gone through or maybe you've worked through or perhaps you're still working on that uh, could help our audience here today? You know, that's a great question. <clears throat> I've always been a big believer that you get to choose what lens you view life through. Um, and my understanding of mental health, I would say, is probably pretty similar to a lot of people in the past. You know, I, you know I'm kind of going back about seven years uh, ago where I, I kind of put mental health in two buckets. You um, either had just gone through a depressing situation or a, you know, maybe a passing in the family so that's why you've reached out for some mental health resources or something more psychological or clinical uh, from a diagnosis perspective. And so I never thought that I would be a candidate for that if I had not fallen under those two particular umbrellas. In addition to that, I felt like mental health was just one of those things, especially for men, um, I would say, too, where it was just there's a stigma around talking about things. There's a stigma around, you know, you know having open conversations in the workplace and and uh, and maybe even at home as well, where you just got to be that strong provider. Um, and again, mental health isn't only a, a male thing, but as a male, that's, that's what I experience where you feel like you got to be the strong person all the time and have a strong mindset. Um, <clears throat> but I would say a lot of that changed for me about, about that six or seven years ago um, when I, I was just going through a really hard time, both personally and professionally. Um, I was just feeling incredibly inadequate in all arenas. I felt like I wasn't being the right husband. I wasn't being the best father I could be to my, my you know, very young son at the time. He was one, two years old or so. And, um, and definitely from a work perspective, I was working my tail off, but it just seemed like for what? Like there wasn't the passion that I, I thought I had anymore. And Feeling the need, and what I mean by an, an inadequacy perspective is, you know, I had a couple bosses that I reported to, and I always wanted to do things the way they did it, even from a mannerism perspective. You know, I'm not a salesperson. I, I you know, we take those disc trainings where your salespeople are usually very high D or high I, and I was very much so high S and high C, very low on the D and the I, which effectively means I'll work my tail off for people, and I'm great in a support perspective, but I'm not necessarily going to be you know, the class clown or, or, or the funny guy in the room, right? Or, you know, I think you and I have even talked about this in the past where now I've become more of an extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. I was trying to be an extroverted extrovert. Mm -hmm. It was exhausting. Yeah. And, and, and again, trying to be someone you're not at the same time also comes through pretty phony. So mm. um, it was just a, a time where I just felt I was going to bed at night. I couldn't sleep. I, I just felt... 
uh, I, I wasn't working out either. Like nothing was going right, basically. Just feeling completely sad about who I was and what I was giving to the world, if that makes sense. So it, it does. And uh, that's something I think a lot of people can relate to, um, trying to uh, understand really who you are and even being okay with that. That's a, that's a powerful thing. What, what was, um, what was something that, that got your attention to that or that you were, you were, it was like a wake up moment. A lot of people have, they can refer to a moment of time or an event or a series of events that were like something that really woke them up to, you know what? Um, this is okay. It's okay for me to be who I am or, or whatever that may have been for you. Was there a certain event or, or what happened that helped you make those changes? Yeah. And one of the items I was struggling with, uh, I forgot to mention was my, my wife and I, from a personal perspective, are going through some, you know, fertility uh, issues as well. And, um, you know, my heart goes out to anyone that goes through that kind of time, because it's, it's very tough, especially when you're you're hoping to create, um, you know, this this idea of a family and, and having issues with that. So we ourselves were, were, were going through that her family had recommended uh, a therapist for my, my, my wife and, um, and she went and it, and it helped her immensely in a very short amount of time. And, and, and again, you know, mental health to me isn't necessarily an overnight fix in any way, shape or form. And, um, but what I did learn was two things. It was actually one conversation with my wife. So I have to give her massive kudos to where I'm at from a headspace perspective right now. Um, we were having a conversation one night where I was coming home. I was complaining about work. I was complaining about myself. I was complaining about my weight. Um, and then of course, you know, my wife has, who's been going through a tough time herself physically and emotionally, but now is having the tools due to her, her time with her, her particular therapist at the time. She, she literally just said, stop trying to be people and just be your damn self. I didn't marry this person or that person. I married Ed Legande. And, you know, it seems like such a simple statement, but I, I don't know that anyone ever really sat down with me and said, you have a lot to give to this world and you're the only one who doesn't see that. Mm -hmm. um, and that changed everything for me, honestly. And, and again, it wasn't necessarily overnight, but my view of myself completely changed. You know, that conversation led into, I would say, you know, three different areas, you know, one destigmatizing um the way I view the therapist or mental health in the first place because one we had I had a testimonial in and of itself with my wife right mm -hmm. uh, one of my best friends actually at the time was also seeing someone uh as well and I didn't even know that right and because we again you know I talked about the, that male kind of uh discussion I just flat out asked and and he just volunteered that information for me uh which I thought was was super respectful and so Destigmatizing that and realizing that I don't necessarily have to be on a breaking point to have conversation just to kind of unlock feelings and and uh, get the tools you need to deal with day-to-day -day situations. That was one. And the second for me was the, you know, um, the way I viewed myself. Because again, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in how you view the world. And at that point, it was very clouded lens, maybe even a dark lens. Um, and everything was very negative, mm. uh, just in a very negative space. And um, you know, and my fitness was suffering significantly That's you know, you joked around earlier about me working out because I'm a morning person. I wake up early and I have to do that in the morning because it sets the tone of the, the day for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I learned a lot of it was about behavior change. 
in, in setting the right mindset. I had to do things for myself because I could not be my best self to anybody else if I didn't take care of myself first. Um, so I would say that that conversation, um, was a massive turning point for me where, you know, it's like pushing a boulder uphill and then, you know, basically turning it into a, a completely different situation. So I have to thank my wife for that very honest conversation. Mm. Um, and it wasn't mean, it, it was very, just, it was direct, but it was coming from such a, a place of love and, and understanding that, uh, um, you know, it's, it was, it was a game changer for me, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I mean, just the, you, you noted several things that are very powerful, just talking about the stigma that's there and being able to be able to feel comfortable to talk about it. Um, that whole self-awareness and being able to um, just be yourself. You know, we, we are, we have an audience out there who is very driven, very motivated. Most of them are, are self-motivated. They don't need a lot of prodding, right? And they're in their busiest time of the year. So that excellent reminder of talking to someone, you know, it doesn't have to be a whole day of, of talking to that coach. It could be a couple of minutes, right? It could be a half an hour uh, discussion just to kind of get your calibration uh, a little bit better with, with how you're handling things because it isn't the load. It's how we're managing that load sometimes so yeah, yeah I, I you mentioned a really great point and i like the term you used with coach um again perception is reality right and again you know you which also means not only externally when you talk to people but also in your own headspace right like this is the mind is a, is a very powerful tool um <clears throat> i mean it sets the tone for the day it sets the tone for your year and you know, I started changing the way I viewed mental health, but also the term therapist as well, because in my head for a long time, I thought I, I put the term therapist with that clinical diagnosis or with, you know, maybe I went through some, you know, crazy event where I'm, I'm in, in a very depressive state. And I would probably, I was probably pretty much there from a depression perspective, mm. honestly, um, <clears throat> without necessarily being diagnosed depressed. Hmm. I was sad on an ongoing basis. I was mad all the time. Um, and so ultimately, you know, when I got, uh, I found the right person um, that was great for me, I just called them my coach as well. Um, and so that resonated really well with me when you mentioned coach, it changed the way I viewed it. I'm a sports guy. And so yeah. I've had wonderful coaches and I've been fortunate enough to, enough to have wonderful coaches in my sports career. So, um, you know, I kind of relate those two arenas, my sports career to to uh your headspace so yeah and again for those who are watching or listening you know you may not know a whole lot about ed but one of the things again i said this at the very beginning ed is an incredible people of everything kind of person loves adding value to his clients i mean uh, there's a reason why he was broker of the year and and he's a giver and you can see that uh, when you engage with him um, i've experienced that multiple times for those givers, those servant leaders out there, it oftentimes can be a real challenge in, in uh, investing in themselves first to start the day and seeing that as self-care. How much of that was an actual struggle? Was that an, an easier thing to embrace? Or was that or was that a real challenge to come to grips with in the mindset of it's okay to invest in myself first? I still struggle with that today, honestly. Even as simple as, <clears throat> you know, I, I work really hard our day. I go home and, and try to be the dad and the husband I, I need to be. And sometimes you just need a breath. And and I don't take, I, I still to this day, I would say I don't take enough of those particular 
breaths. And, uh, you know, fortunately my wife will remind me of that and say, Hey, you need, you need some time for you go for a walk, go do this, go do that. You know, we're a team, right? Um, they always say marriages are never 50, 50. It's, it's, it's kind of this ebb and flow of whoever needs to support the other person to bring your best self aware. But I, again, going back to your question, I think, um, that was, that is continually and has been the, the biggest issue for me because I feel like I always need to be a provider in some way, shape or form, whether it's at work to my teammates, uh, to my clients, to my family or friends. And, um, but, uh, but it's a balance though, because mm -hmm. I keep reminding myself that I cannot do everything for everyone. I am one human being at the end of the day. And you can be a very giving person by at the same time as, you know, taking care of yourself that friend, that family member, especially as I mentioned, you know, when, when you have a tighter circle, they deserve your best self, mm. right? So when I try to view it that way, again, a lot of this is perception. When I view it that way, it allows me to feel, okay, if I'm a happier person, they may be happier in every opportunity they have with me, every interaction they have with me. So it's encouraging to hear you say, you know, that you feel like I'm a people over everything person, because I'm honestly trying to focus on myself when I can, um, so that that hopefully exudes because that's what I honestly believe. Um, so hopefully that answers your question there. Oh yeah, it absolutely yeah. does. It absolutely does. And um, that's that's a challenge for many people understanding that self care isn't selfish, right? It's yeah. it's it's taking care of yourself, and you're you're making that investment to make a greater impact in other people's lives. I, I believe that, but, but like you, I, I struggle with that as well. And it's a reminder I've got to give myself every day. So I really appreciate you sharing on that. And, and I'll add one more thing too. <clears throat> you have to surround yourself with the right atmosphere um, in order to continue to believe that because, you know, at the time, you know, I don't know that I had the right atmosphere as well. You know, I wasn't in a space that allowed me to fl flourish in, um, or, or believe that I could focus on myself to bring my best self out. And I think that your atmosphere does a lot, does a lot to, to contribute to that success uh, as well. You, you brought up a good point there, Ed. I'm going to go back in time. You mentioned there were some things that you weren't doing. You mentioned that you weren't getting up, you weren't necessarily working out, or, or you were just doing things differently. How much uh, of it has to do with habits? You know, for for where Ed is today, moving forward, how much of it is a is a is an acceptance of sticking with good habits or best habits? Well, I think that's the pillar to success in anything. I mean, what is a what is a goal? Is just a dream unless you have uh, persistency or consistency in place with with you know day to day things that you do to to get to that particular goal, right? So, my dream of being in the right headspace or my dream of being the best husband or whatever is all they're all just pipe dreams at the end of the day, mm -hmm. um, unless I actually put actions in place on an ongoing basis that I was not willing to budge on, right? Mm -hmm. So. Once you figure out, and once I figured out what helped me get in the right mindset to start the day, right? What what did I need to do to start the day? One, I need to just roll out of bed and change my clothes. That was my thing. Change my clothes. Just get in the workout clothes. That was the first thing I needed to do. That was immediately like, okay, now, and I need, it was almost like I needed to trick myself into guilting myself that I wouldn't, that I needed to work out, right? It's not always a guilt thing and it felt good, but um if I change my clothes and let me to believe that I can't be lazy today, I need to get 25 to 30 minutes of a workout in in some way, shape or form. 
it takes what 21 days to create a habit. So I told myself for 21 days straight, try it. And then you can start bringing in more of like a, you know, five days a week kind of thing. Mm. And so that was number one for me is, is figuring out that. I don't know if you've ever seen that before where, where someone, you know, focuses on, you know, what are some of the, the, the biggest, you know, uh, points of focus in your life. And you put, you know, uh, you fill a jar with sand mm. and the sand is like all the noise right and you put three big rocks in there and that's your pillars that's your family and friends that is your professional career and that is your passions or something of that nature right mm -hmm. things that are really important to um, your day-to-day -day psyche but if you put the sand in first there's no room for the rocks right mm -hmm. and so i decided to figure out you know once i saw that video uh, and there's multiple of them out there you put the rocks in first the sand can actually fit there's actually space in your life for that stuff and so when I realized that some of the rocks were putting in those day-to-day -day activities, like changing my clothes, getting a quick workout in, making sure that I spent a minimum of an hour in the morning not working and, and hanging out with my wife and my kids, mm. that is really important to me. I'm not answering business calls super early in the morning, especially when I'm working with nationwide people. Mm. Uh, my East Coast friends will call me at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> sometimes. I'm like, nope.com. I'll call you in an hour. Uh, I still love you, though. Um, but, uh, some of those just became those rocks for me, if that makes sense. And then, uh, everything else still ends up working out. So, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Consistent. That's excellent. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that a lot of advisors out there, you know, who may be watching or listening, you know, are looking that they're trying to figure out, you know, what can they do to, to follow in your footsteps, right? They're, they're chasing after that, that title, that recognition, that success level in business of, you know, broker of the year or whatever, you know, dollar amount or whatever they perceive as business success, right? I'm not going to ask you to give away that secret sauce. <laughs> so you're golden there. Okay. So, but I'm going to ask you this. So for what Ed has seen as being, you know, successful with your mental health, you know, if you've got, whether it's a advisor who's just starting out and this is their first fourth quarter, or maybe they've been doing this a long time and they're just feeling stressed out, you know, what are some things that you could say to them, you know, what you've learned and, and a lot of the things you've mentioned are, fa are fantastic but um, if you could pass that baton if you will to say well if you're if you want to be successful in your mental health i'd suggest you what would you say to that person the, the first thing i'd say is destigmatize it first um depending on what your perception of it is uh in the first place um there's so many tools available now uh i mean you and i just came from a conference together where I feel like every other solution provider, point solution provider was a mental health provider in some way, shape or form, whether it was a, an EAP program, whether it was a digital talk therapy or stress or, or mindfulness, whatever it was, there was something there. So there's no shortage of solutions out there, whether digital or in person. Mm -hmm. um, so again, destigmatizing it and just re reshaping your perception of what mental health is, because it is a wide ranging spectrum from just you know, passive tools to an active coach, right? Mm -hmm. um, secondly, just to start somewhere, um, I wish I started sooner because I felt like I was hitting, you know, heading towards a massive breaking point. I don't know where and when that is. And usually you don't, it just happens. Mm -hmm. um, and so fortunately, you know, I was able to have that testimonial, of course, with my wife, but um, I wish I started way sooner. I wish I didn't allow media at the time to, make me think that being a man and being a provider meant that I couldn't work on my, my mindfulness and my, uh, myself first. Um, uh, and then of course, get a mentor too. Um, you know, even from a pro professional or personal perspective, uh, I'm a big fan of that. 
Um, I, I just, whether they're in your industry or not, I just think that having someone that's already walked the path in some way, shape or form um, is just kind of a, a, a cheat sheet, if you will, to, to kind of bypassing the noise that is, especially in this business, um, as you and I are in. So um, yeah, I would say, I would say that. And then, sorry, one, one last thing. I know you asked for a couple of minutes. No, that's great. Simon's, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. Um, and his golden circle rule about starting with why. And then of course you have your how and your what that was a game changer for me from a, a especially from a professional perspective. Mm. Uh, you can also bring that into your life as well. I think that they mesh uh, really well. Um, but, you know, figuring out exactly what your why is uh, and then being, of course, un unapologetically yourself uh, with that why. So um, that's what keeps me motivated on a day in, day, day in, day out basis. That's why, you, you know, you know I, I have to commend you, too. I see you in the gym earlier than me working out. So, you know, I can tell you you feel somewhat similar in that in that arena. <laughs> Yeah, it goes, it goes a long way starting the day off. I'm a big fan of habits, right? And uh, I came from a past where I thought I had to bite off a little bit too much to get that habit started rather than starting small. So that's been a big part of my success. Um, and thank you for mentioning that. Uh, you're an inspiration to me on many levels. And I just am so glad you're here today, Ed. You're a great human being. I believe we're brothers from different mothers and uh, really appreciate your transparency. So uh, again, for those watching, those listening, lots of gold has been flowing and in, in, in content-wise here today. And these things that Ed's spoken to can not only help your mental health, but every area of your life. Because it's your mental health is not a pie that's just a part of your world. It's actually the whole pie. We happen to try to live in that space. So again, Ed, I, I so appreciate your transparency and, and talking about your struggles, but also your success. And hopefully we can help people listening and watching uh, to take those steps towards our own success. I'm sure that someone is watching or listening, you know, for the first time and they'd like to reach out to you. Maybe they've got an opportunity or a possible partnership or some type of opportunity with you, perhaps. What's the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? Absolutely. appreciate that. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. So find me on LinkedIn. I go by my full name, actually. It's Edwige Legonde. But uh, yeah, just, just shoot me a, a message on LinkedIn. That's great. That's great. So before we wrap things up here today, any final thoughts or any final words you want to say to our audience? Just first of all, John is awesome. Uh, I appreciate you. So thank you for having me. Um, but honestly, just I'm just happy that our our country and our world is destigmatizing this and, and making it something that's more accessible. Um, because you know, any little deviation away from a negativity to a positivity is going to just both, you know wonderful dividends to you uh, in your life. So uh, start earlier, uh, but don't be afraid to start. So, Well, again, thank you so much. As we wrap things up here today, you know, if you're listening, you're driving down the road to that next meeting, whatever it might be, you know, today is that day to make that call, take action for yourself. It doesn't take an entire day for you to talk to a clinician, just use your EAP that you probably have. Uh, if you don't, of course, reach out to me. I can point you to options, but uh, Ed's brought up a lot of great points, and while I won't share all of them with you again, just talking about, as he said several times here today, destigmatizing it. Take those steps. Talk to that person. Um, being yourself. Uh, being okay to invest in yourself. Self-care is not selfish. He also talked about the importance of habits and, and all that's involved there and getting in that consistency of going to the gym and other areas of his life goes a long way in your mental health. I also want to remind everyone about that golden circle, understanding our why and why we're really doing it. 
Um, and I know, you know, in talking with Ed through the years, he is an impact over income kind of person. And uh, you'll know that early on. So again, Ed, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's always a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate you and, uh, and everything you're doing. So keep rocking. So everyone, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And again, take care of your mental health because your mental health matters. Have, have a great day, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.